Family, what's up? This is your brother, John, and I'm so excited to be on the very first episode of a new pod that the Lord gave us called Plant and Water. Welcome. I hope that you would join me on this journey, and I hope that you will be willing to come on and plant and water with me. We're going to talk about what it means to plant and water, um, but I want to just uh, take a moment and encourage somebody. As this is my first episode and stepping into this space, um, I want to encourage somebody and let them know, hey, man, you got to start somewhere. I saw a post with something interesting while I was in New York. Um, it was up in Times Square, and they said that um, there's got to be a first something before you can get to a hundredth anything, right? Your first podcast may suck. You know, some of y'all may see this podcast and be like, look, it sucks. Um, you know, your first workout may suck. Your first video may suck. Um, your first song that you wrote, um, it may suck. But um, you got to have a first anything if you're going to get to a hundredth anything. So I just want to encourage somebody out of the gate to let you know, don't be afraid to start because... Uh, everything starts with the seed, and that is the foundation of where we're coming from. So this is the Plant and Water uh, podcast um, that we're going to be doing. Um, I am your host, John Ivory. Going to talk about a little bit about who I am. Hey, man, we're going to be here um, coming to you at least once a week uh, uh, with the pod, with the episode, just to encourage. Um, and we're going to talk about what our goal and what our mission is here. Um, so. Let's talk about who I am. Some people may not who I know not not, not <laughs> sorry. Some people may not know who I am. Um, but my name is Jonathan Ivory from the uh, Metro Detroit area, Detroit, born and raised from the three one three. Um, living here, um, I am forty one years old. I have a beautiful family. Uh, my wife Sarita of eighteen years. Um, a lot. I always tell people years of uh, failures and epic failures and great triumphs and both of them contribute to where the strength that we have right now I have four beautiful children i have my oldest girl naira who i can't believe is 17 years old getting ready she's already a senior this year we'll be graduating next year and i have triplets two girls and a boy javen jemiah and Julia. complete surprise didn't know we were having triplets Till we found out later, twins on both sides, but never knew, never in a million years thought that I would ever have triplets, right? Um, but they are uh, 14 years old. They'll be 15 in January, and they are all freshmen. Um, I am a family guy. Uh, you know, I love the word of God, and um, I've grown to the point to really understand what it means to have kingdom, but I also grown um, to not have kingdom, but to understand the kingdom of God. Um, I am a unashamedly in love with Jesus Christ. Um, he is the Savior and Lord of my life, and I'm grateful for um, this opportunity to be able to share my faith and hopefully hold space for people to come um, and be vulnerable here um, and have a space where we can discuss and get understanding about the God that I know and that you may not know. Uh, there's a lot of things that you hear about people. There's a lot of things that you hear about church and about Jesus and about God. And you got so many different things when it comes to your study and it comes to your uh, uh, your your backgrounds and what Christianity is. But I'm just here um, to provide you with a seed and do a little bit of watering 
um, based on my experience um, in living this life for Christ, man. And listen, I'm going to tell you, I've learned something about God. I've been mad with him. I didn't understand him. I've been confused by him. Um, I've doubted him. <laughs> I've loved him. You know, um, I've, uh, you know, followed some things in ignorance, but also God has giving me a revelation and a hunger to be able to gain understanding. So that's the journey when you have relationship, right? So many people, they run away from religion and you don't want to get caught up in religion. You want to have relationship. When you have a relationship, you have the opportunity to get to know someone. And that's what we want to do here um, and everything. So that is the foundation of who I am, man. Family is my first ministry. Um, I believe that, uh, you can't, uh, God is not the author of confusion. I've heard people say that they, they have destroyed their families and their marriages in the name of God, but God is not the author of confusion. He's not going to tell you to build up one institution at the cost of tearing down another one when he's established both. <laughs> I'll say that one more time. God is not going to build up and ask you to contribute to building up an institution at the expense of tearing down another when he has established both. All right. So <clears throat> if I don't have family in order, y'all, then ministry doesn't matter. This is my first ministry. And so when I do here, when I'm um, this charity, the love that I have, it definitely starts here in my home and then it spreads abroad. I'm doing my best. God is growing me and it's giving me opportunity to be able to share the word with my family, trying to pour that in my children. I tell them that, hey, the greatest gift that I could ever give to you, um, besides passing on a good legacy and leaving you an inheritance. But above all, the greatest gift is I can pass on my faith. Um, and so um, hopefully you'll get on this journey with me and ride with me. Um, I'm a brother. Um, I'm a you know, father, husband. Um, I'm a musician. Been playing the drums since I was eight years old. Shout out to all the church drummers that learned in church and got put off the drums. <laughs> hey, man, listen, if you get a thick skin, you if you get uh thick skin from or if you grew up in church being a drummer, you definitely got a thick skin because you got to bear publicly a lot. <laughs> all right. Trust me. Uh, so uh, shout out to all the drummers and the musicians um, who uh, got raised up in church um, and everything. But, yeah, I'm a musician. I'm avid movie lover. I love um, uh, movies. I love Marvel, MCU. Um, good. Love DC, even though. You know, they'd still falling behind Marvel a little bit um, and everything. But that's just a little about me. Um, and that's um, what you're getting. I'm here to be your bro. I'm here to be um, a person that um, can introduce you. And we're just here to plant and water. Um, and what does it mean when we plant and water? Let's get into it. All right. If you come on this journey with us, what are you getting? Um, to plant and water, it means um, to, and it comes from the scripture. And y'all going to see me. Grab my Bible. I got it on my phone because it has all my translations. Sometimes you're going to see me grab a church Bible. We're going to keep this informal um, and everything because we just want this to flow. We will have guests. We'll have people that come on um, that share our faith. We might have some people that come on that don't share our faith because there's nothing uh, wrong with discussion. I think that in this day and time, people have gotten away and they miss out on the great opportunity to have valid and and uh, healthy discussions with people that they don't agree with, right? Um, you know, uh, that is, a, uh, we live in a country, it's kind of like, you know, you got to choose a side, choose a side, who you with. And then you can't, um, the enemy keeps us from talking to each other. And that's just another attack when it comes to 
um, division. But that's getting off into something else. That's something that we can talk about too as well. But um, that's the purpose of this being of us coming together is to do this. And I want to bring on others to have a discussion and for us to be able to really delve into this word, right? Because this is something that nobody will ever gather the fullness of. Um, this Bible is something that is like an endless well, that the deeper you go in it, what you thought you knew, you will find more. And that's why I encourage somebody, for somebody that doesn't like, hey, man, I don't do church. I don't know who God is. Hey, listen, I'm asking you to take a chance, right? Take a chance. There's a difference between faith and trust, right? There's a difference between faith and trust. Um, I can't trust somebody that I don't know. Right. I can't trust somebody that I haven't had any experience with. I can put my faith in them, though. Right. And then after putting my faith in them, when that faith is rewarded by them accomplishing or doing what they were entrusted to do, then that trust uh, that trust uh, container is starting to be filled. So um, I say that to you when it comes to God, somebody may be listening to this, may come across this at random. You may be like, hey, man, you know, um, I had an experience with people. I had an experience. What, what, what was supposed to be God. And, um, you know, I'm not feeling it, but I wanted to give you and want to encourage you to say, give it one more chance, you know, take a moment to really find out who the true Jesus is. And that's part of our mission here. Um, when we talk about planting water to not only introduce people to Jesus who don't know him, but also to properly reintroduce the proper image, um, of the Jesus of the Bible, because I found that so many people in this day and time, um, they have had encounters with people. They've had encounters with organizations. They've had encounters with religious things and not people who would directly lead them to relationship, right? And there is a difference in that. And so we're here to ultimately draw you closer to Christ um, and hopefully um, reach, introduce or represent um, or give you the right frame of who Christ is and what it means uh, to live for him. All right. So let's establish a foundation. So the name of the pod is Plant Water. Um, it comes from um, the Bible, um, comes from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 3. You'll see me looking at my Bible on my phone. And uh, when you get a chance, take a look at this scripture, man. Go to 1 Corinthians. Um, Paul um, in Corinth is something that's really uh, interesting when you look at the Bible, because when you understand what happened in Corinth, Corinth is like they was in Corinth walling out. Like if you want to put it to something up to date, Corinth is like Vegas, Miami, um, you know, wrapped up into one. Like it's some wild and crazy stuff going on there. And it's just um something that that Paul um is able to come here. So in this particular one, he's talking about foundations for living. Um, and this is where we get the pot from. But great thing about this is here is that in First Corinthians chapter three, Paul's goal here is twofold, right? Paul is both correcting and he's empowering. Paul is both correcting and he's empowering. And I think that correcting and empowering are actually a partnership. Sometimes people think when they get they're being corrected, they're like, yo, why? You know, you don't need to correct me. But if you really understand and if you get um, a correction from a true heart um, of a person uh, that is, or that, or a person rather that has the right heart, um, to be able to want that wants to correct you and help you grow, then it's actually empowerment. If you take a moment to listen, one thing that I found in my life is that people, um, even the people that you don't like, you can learn something from, right? 
take a moment to think about that. Even the people that you don't like, you can learn something from. Um, I had a conversation with my children one time and uh, my daughter had gotten upset about somebody that said something about them. And so I asked her, I said, yeah, the way that they said it, you know, it might have been a little offensive. But I said, did you take a moment and ask yourself, hey, is this true or not? Right. Is this true? Is this um, is there some truth to what it is? You know, take the meat and spit out the bones. Like, is it something that I really should consider is what being said? And is it something that can better me, even though I was offended by the way that it was happened, way that it was said to me? Um, can I take something from it and actually get is there some truth there and an opportunity for me to grow? So the goal here, this is what Paul is doing. Paul is both correcting and empowering. So let's take the first episode, jump right into it, y'all, and let's take a look. So let's walk through the scripture. I hope y'all don't mind if you got a Bible, got your Bible app. Um, If you want to follow along and look at it later, find a translation that you can understand. We know KJV is sometimes a little bit over our heads, right? Sometimes it's over my head, you know, Um, but the great thing about the app now, especially if you have the version Bible app or anything like that, um, you can compare versions. Um, and everything just at the tip of your fingers. You can download the versions, compare them, and see how they correlate, and then get the context clues behind behind what the reader is talking about. So, if you got your Bible, First Corinthians chapter three. Um, let's high and let's let's talk about it. So, um, what is the basis of plant water? So, Paul goes on. He starts with correction. So, in Foundations for Living, he starts verse one. He says. And I'm reading from the Amplified version. This is like my favorite version of the Bible. I love the Amplified because it kind of gives you a translation and kind of inserts that Greek translation right into the scripture so you can see exactly what certain words mean and what was implied. So check out that Amplified Bible. So let's look at it. So he says, however, brothers and sisters, I could not talk to you as spiritual people, but only as to worldly people dominated by human nature. So he's talking to Corinth and he's saying, hey, yo, like um, I've heard, you know, um, I've been wanting to teach you like people that have grown in Christ. All right. Um, I wanted to teach you from a certain maturity level, but I wasn't able to do it. Um, he calls them mere infants in the new life of Christ because people have to start somewhere, which is OK. And he says, I fed you with milk, not solid food, for you were not yet able to receive it. Now, even now, you are still not ready. You are still worldly, controlled by ordinary impulses, the sinful capacity for as long as there is jealousy and strife and discord among you. And you are you uh, are you not unspiritual uh, rather? And are you not walking like ordinary men unchanged by faith? So here's a good point to talk about. He's saying that when you have just adopted the behavior of the culture around you, there hasn't been a change or you haven't adopted a change, rather, right, that comes along with living for Christ. Now, again, this letter is to the church at Corinth. These were people that Paul had established a church with and had um, had relational equity with. He had relational context to them. He had been to the church. He had established a church. Like there are people that there's structure in place. People are, um, there's actually a church in place and people who are supposed to be leaders, but he's gotten word of their behavior. And so now he's coming to them and saying, hey, you know, when I should be getting you along to more advanced things, I'm still having to start at the beginning because you are still being and living your life according to culture. You are still living based on what you see around you. 
right? And so, and here, that's the tension for a lot of us um, in this day and time is that we find ourselves trying to battle, you know, the cultural um, Im- cultural influences that are around us, right? And it's a hard thing to do. Um, I always tell people life is about choice and circumstance, um, choice, um, choice and consequence, rather. Life is about choice and consequence, all right? When it comes to your choices and your consequences um, that, that come along with those choices, all right, it's something that you have to daily do. And when it's, we talk about having a relationship with Christ, we talk about having a relationship with the Lord, right? You have to make a daily choice to be like Christ, right? You have to make a daily choice to say, hey, is today, am I going to do things my way or am I going to do things God's way? All right. So I, wanna, I don't want to get into deep into that, but here's the meat of what we talking about and where we get this pod um, title from. So he says, for when one of you says, I am a disciple of Paul and another says, I am a disciple of Apollos, are you not proving yourselves unchanged? Or just ordinary people. We started off talking about that in the culture. People say you gotta, they demand that you have some type of association. We see it every day, right? You know, are you with are you um with the black culture, right? Are you with the white culture? Are you Republican? Are you Democratic? All right, you know, what team you're repping, right? You know, even down to our sports preferences. Um, you know, um, are you with this community? Do you support these ideals? They're trying to choose. That is the way of culture. Culture says that if you um, disagree with me in any way, right, then you must be against me, right? Is they try to make it very black and white, no gray. Um, there's no opportunity for a discussion. And so Paul points this out in saying that when you say, "Hey, I'm with Paul and I'm with Apollos," that is like the you are ordinary people because ordinary people follow follow cultures. Um. Uh, culture's way of doing things. They follow what the most pervasive ideas and what they see in the people around them. They follow those things. All right. And when they follow those things, then he's like, hey, you're just ordinary. And then Paul takes it further. What then is Apollos? What is Paul? It is important to understand. Paul is like, hey, we are not the focus here. All right. And so I want to bring that into our pod that this is not about John and this is not about making um, an opportunity for myself. Um, you know, uh, some people say, hey, you know, are you looking to get a large following? Um, if the Lord says so, um, I hope so. Um, you know, I mean, my goal is is to um, perfect and, and really make this um, platform something that I know how to do well. And um, and then that, that platform can expand. But that's not the ultimate focus. The ultimate focus is is to point people to Christ. All right. So he said, who is Paul? Who is Apollos? Who is John? All right. But nothing but in, no, nothing but nobody um, that's a vessel that is just simply sharing um, uh, my personal experience. All right. Um, and I'm just here, you know, just to share that and hoping that um, as a person that God um, will be able to use to be a blessing and draw somebody closer to you, be an encouragement to you um, and give you a space to be vulnerable to as well. All right. So just servants through, and he said, he goes further. Who is the, what then is Paulos? What then is Paul? Just servants through whom you believe in Christ. They found Christ because of the message that they preached and how God used them to be able to speak to these people. All right. Uh, but here it is. Here it is. First Corinthians three and six. He says, I planted Apollos watered, but God, God all the while 
was causing the increase. In the King James Version, it says that um, God giveth the increase. The Amplified Version says that God causes to grow. Um, so um, our mindset, um, the thing is here is that I really want to get us to uh, understand the correction that's happening here and the empowerment that's coming through the correction, right? <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, um, the Corinthians lack of growth was because they couldn't get past culture's mindset, right? And I want to be a voice um, to be able to help contribute to the solution that needs to happen in the body of Christ and even those who may have left um, to be um, a voice for those who um, that are struggling and on the boundary um, on that kind of teeter and totter and on the fence because of the different experiences that we have. But we want to grow past culture's mindset that we don't turn the church because in a lot of ways it has become that. Right. When you boast about Paul is teaching us here, when you boast about man-made connections and man-made associations, that is a cultural response and not a kingdom one. Right. Because in the kingdom, we don't glorify the vessels. We glorify the one that is using the vessel. Right. Um, because um, and when we consider ourselves vessel, when he says that Paul is nothing and Apollos is nothing, the reason why we're nothing is because a vessel is only as effective as the person who's using it. And so if we're going to um, truly say that we're going to be effective vessels for the Lord, we have to know that he is the source and the way that he uses us is going to determine if we're actually reaching people and helping to change hearts because we only plant and water. We only pro pro provide spirit-led information. We only provide something to be able to build you and get you closer to Christ, but it's going to be God that actually changes your heart. All right. So um, it's a, it's a call for a shift in the mindset, right? He's telling them shift your mind and alleviate your frustration. A lot of times we have frustration and we have division in the body of Christ and just among us as people, because we're frustrated with the next person. We look at them and we say, you're different than me. Uh, you don't have the same opinions as me. Um, and guess what? That's okay. All right. The goal is, is for us to come together. All right. And so when we shift our mindset and we make our mind more about the kingdom rather than culture, then we can come together because culture teaches things in one way, but the kingdom flips. All right. The way that culture begins to teach. All right. But before I get further into that, again, planning and watering, planning and watering is about the content. It's not about who delivers it. All right. Paul makes a distinction because in this particular church in Corinth, um, Paul and Apollos were, they were popular teachers. All right. Everybody knew who Paul and Apollos was. All right. So you had this organization, but Paul and Apollos, they was the cream of the crop when it came to preachers. So people was like, yo, I rock with Paul. Some people was like, yo, I rock with Apollos. So they start making the focus more about the men rather than what they were saying. And Paul is providing a correction that ultimately leads to an empowerment, right? You have to accept your role, all right, so that you can step into that empowerment, all right? What do I mean by that? Accept the role that you are only here to uh, contain and convey something to be able to help the people that are in your circle, something to be able to help the people that are under your influence. Now, some people say, John, influence, I got like 100 Instagram followers, all right? I mean, nobody's listening to me. But one thing that I've learned is, is that your circle of influence is still important. Why? Because each and every person that you are encountering that, that you may consider just a number, 
that person has a name and that person has a soul. All right. And if you're able to save a soul from the grips of them being lost, all right, if you're able to save one soul, if you're able to impact one life, if you're able to encourage and build up one person, that is a soul that has been drawn in or that has been positively impacted because of what is in you. So you accept your role. All right. Now, here's the thing. I don't want to tell you all about how this came about to me. So Lord gave me this revelation from this scripture um, some years back, served at uh, my church. Shout out to uh, Citadel of Praise, um, Pastor Spencer Ellis, First Lady Tracy D. Ellis. Me and my wife served there for 18 years, had the opportunity to work in youth ministry. Um, and one thing that we saw when you work in youth ministry, you know, you can get frustrated. And I don't think it's just youth ministry. I think, you know, for anybody that has worked, you know, in youth ministry or if you're trying to get something or build something in ministry, I think it's a frustration that just comes along and it's just an innate thing. It's just, it's just natural that comes along with it. But you deal with those ups and downs, right? You feel inadequate, right? You feel inadequate. You feel like, you know, man, am I doing enough is even what I'm doing. Is it effective? Am I having any type of effect? Right. And sometimes you don't always see it. You don't always see it. You see, Hey, we had such a large, you know, we, you saw such a great response and then you see it kind of taper off and then you get the, the ups and downs of it. And, you know, attendance may be up and down and the response may be up and down. So it kind of causes some frustration. And then if you're really, you know, dedicated to it, you know, the way that we were having opportunity to serve with the people that I serve under. If you're really into it and you're really dedicated to it, then you can really get discouraged because if you start having relationships, you know, with the people that you're trying to sow into, right, then you can start and you start seeing them starting to drift, even though you feel like that you're doing what the Lord has told you to do. It starts getting frustrating, right? You start getting frustrated because you're like, Lord, what am I really doing here? What am I really, you know, did you call me to do this? You know, is this a good idea? Have you given me the grace for this? And, you know, it makes you want to quit. But the thing the Lord had to remind me of and that alleviated my frustration was that I had to learn my role in this. When Paul talks about this, he gave this for the sake of correcting the people. But this was something that encouraged me. And I want to encourage you. All right. Even if you're not a believer, you may be somebody that is. Um, sowing into the lives of young people by empowering them. You may be working with people who have been displaced, um, giving people, you know, second chances that may have been in prison. All right. You may not reach everybody because one person is unable to save the world. But can I encourage somebody and ask you to make your dent, be content with making your dent, right? Um, because if we all stop making dents, then there's no impact at all. But trust me, there is an impact. And so how the Lord encouraged me was, you know, as I got discouraged and I was like, man, you know, it just seemed like it was just, you know, we would have great response. Then it would seem like it would fluctuate and all of that stuff, man. And then the Lord had to tell me, he was like, hey, you're trying to do my job. Do your job. All right. Stop and think about that. He said, you're trying to do my job. Do your job. And so I said, Lord, what do you mean? He brought me to this scripture. Again, going back to verse six, he says, or let's start at verse five. He said, what then is Apollos? What then is Paul? Just servants through whom you believe in Christ, even as the Lord appointed to each his task. John, I've given you a job. 
I've given you something to do. I've given you something to convey. I've given you something to share. I've given you something to um, uh, empower other people. And then the encouragement came in this scripture. I planted Apollo's water, but God gives the increase. So what is our role as believers? What is our role for as people who are trying to help people be better? What is our role as parents, right? You know, it's hard sometimes getting through to your children, right? What is our role as friends? You know, when we see friends going down a bad road or a bad way, you know, and you try to say, and and it makes perfect sense to you, but, you know, it seems like they're not open. What is our role? Our role is to plant and water. And here's the key. And I hope that this helps somebody. Here's the key to make sure that you're not getting frustrated is that you cannot get to the point where you say it's not or I'm not seeing the results that I want to see. And normally we get frustrated like that because we are trying to produce the results ourselves. And the Bible is clear here in First Corinthians chapter three, verse six. I'll let this free you. Let you this walk away and take the this weight off of your shoulder of you trying to produce results. That is not your job. It's very clear. Paul says, I planted Apollos water. Those are our roles. But God all the while was causing the growth. God all the while was giving the increase. It is not our job to produce the results. All right. It is not our job to try to change the heart and necessarily try to convict a person. It is our job to make sure that we plant and water. How do we plant and water? For us that are believers, we continue to share the word of God with those that need it. We continue to encourage the word with the word of God for those that need it. We continue to give people the revelation of the word. We continue to give people uh, our testimony in relation to the word. For somebody, for that parent out there who kid seems like they're just not getting it, right? Continue to plant and water and ask God to touch their heart. All right. Ask God to do the changing. Ask God to affect the decision that they are making. All right. Because you cannot change the heart. One thing I noticed in the scripture and not before we get too far into is one thing I noticed into the scripture is that when Paul talks about that um, the letter killeth, but the spirit or the word gives life. There has never been a rule or ultimatum or a uh, uh, a regulation or a Senate bill or anything that has changed the heart of people, right? That's why it only kills because there's just consequence for when you do it wrong. But Jesus flips that thing and says, okay, instead of you just living by the law, I want to take it a step further and I actually want to change your heart, right? And so when it comes to this, the reason why it's necessary that God is the one that causes the growth because that means there is a change happening from the inside out, right? If they just do it out of compulsion, I was sharing with a friend the other day. I said, if somebody just changes for you, if somebody just changes for your sake, if somebody just changes and says, I'm changing for you, I'm changing so that we can have our relationship. I'm changing because this makes you uncomfortable. I'm changing because you asked me to, all right? That is going to be a temporary fix on an open wound. 
Because at some point, if they don't realize that they need to change themselves, if the cha- if the realization doesn't come from their own conscious mind and their own conscious decision, you will not be able to sustain an effective relationship because they only did it for you and they didn't understand that understood they didn't understand that they needed to do it for them. Take a moment, think about that, let that marinate. If they only did it for you, then it's not going to be effect- as effective if they understand why they need to do it for them. People that make changes simply for people, people that make changes just so they can get something from people, if it wasn't in their heart to change and they didn't recognize that they needed to change, then it's not going to be effective. And I guarantee you, if you push the right buttons or the right situation arises, then it's going to come out that the only reason they changed was because of you, not because they realized that they needed to change. And so that is where we're going with this podcast, that when we come on each week, we want to deposit something and we want to plant a seed. All right. Um, I, 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 to simplify it, I say I want to um, put something that wasn't there. That's how we plant a seed. Or I want to cultivate what was already there. That's when we water a seed. All right. And so that's what we want to do with this pod each week is give you something that God can give increase to. But it has to be the Lord. Right. I'm not here to change your mind. I'm not here to be the one to try to change you. I'm just here to to provide some ingredients that God can work with and begin to work on your heart and uh, and cause to empower you uh, us to grow, to empower us to see the need about the changes that we need to make. Because if we don't see the need about the change we need to make as a minister, I've been a minister for about 10 years now. And when people come to the altar and we ask them about salvation, one thing that I say to them, I say to them, I say, listen, when the songs are over, when you leave this building, all right, the music is stopped, the sermon is over, the atmosphere has changed, you have to go back to what home is you know, where you have those familiar influences in the way that you've been living. I said, this decision has to be able to follow you. All right. And so that's why we would always be very intentional that when people came to the altar, that they understood that they were making a conscious decision to change their ways, to make a conscious decision, understanding that, Lord, you died on the cross for my sins. And also, I understand that I need to change the way that I have been living, the direction that I have been going. It no longer works. And I choose to go in the direction that your word determines, that your will determines. Right. But this is a conscious thing. I would oftentimes bring people down off of that emotional high. Right. Because I want you to understand that this is conscious. This has to follow you when you leave out of this sanctuary. This has to follow you when you leave and walk away from this altar. This has to follow you when you get back in the car with unsaved loved ones. This has to follow you when you go back to the job and to the circles that you've been in that have been expecting you to be a certain way, but now you have made a decision to be different. It has to be conscious, but that change can only be effective if there is a personal realization and if there is a change from the inside out, from the inside out. It's got to start here. And who is the person that can convict the heart? Who is the person that can convict sin? Who is the person that can change the hearts of all of us? It is only God. But I want to encourage anybody who has been given the mission, who has been given the call, who feels that heavy 
uh, um, heavy obligation of purpose to try to help those that are around you to draw them to Christ. Keep planting and keep watering. All right. Keep saying what God says. And sometimes let me say this in my last few minutes. Sometimes you're planting and watering. It may be silence. Sometimes God may say, don't say anything, just pray. All right. But then when it's time, don't give up, leave the expectation and then allow God to do his work. Because here's the thing as we close, if I plant a seed in the ground, I find the fertile soil, make a hole for the seed, put it in the depth that it needs to be, and I begin to water it. That is my job. My job is to plant the seed, put it into the proper environment, make the environment conducive for growth, all right? Then start cultivating it. Then we we water it, we fertilize it, right? Cultivation. But what is God's job? It's what he has naturally put in the ability of the seed. It's gonna be his process that he has established that will begin to allow that seed to open up and to flourish into whatever type of seed that it has been sown, all right? So that is the key thing to remember. If I go into that that dirt and dig up the seed and open the seed myself, I'm going to destroy it. (laughs) I hope somebody catches that. If I go down there and I pick up that seed and I take it out, I'm going to destroy that seed if I try to open it. But if I let God do his work, then the seed can grow and become what the Lord purposed for it to be. But the encouragement is, and what we're going to be encouraging you each week is, is that we are here to plant and water. And I hope that you'll join me on this journey. We're going to continue this conversation um, on the next episode uh, of Plant and Water. And I hope that you'll join me. Um, You can follow me on the major, um, um, we'll be on Spotify, uh, we'll be on Apple Music, um, some other platforms coming. We'll have a YouTube um, channel coming. So we're starting out. Uh, this episode may not have been perfect, um, and I'm okay with that. Uh, I'm I'm here to plant and water, and I think that there are things that we can offer um, and that we can say um, to empower you so that God can give increase in your life. I love you all. Um, if you're not familiar, I have something called Cleave. It's a call, um, a, what I call a call to live and expect. Um, an advanced and vibrant effort. Um, this is a Cleve production. And I want to take you, um, just want to uh, um, encourage you to take, go, get on this journey with me. Come with me, grab those seeds, get the seeds that God has placed within you, the seeds of gifts, the seeds of ability, the seeds of your understanding of the word, the seeds of your testimony, the seeds of your experiences, right? Both triumphant and failures. All of these things are seeds that can cause people to grow and can cultivate people. All right, so come join me on this journey and we'll see you on the next episode of Planning and Watering. I love you all. Have a great day. Have an awesome day.